right. Welcome to the CGOE Sports Show podcast. We are previewing the Labor Day Classic. We've got Murray McCormick from the Regina Leader Post. We've got Bob Irving, who's in Regina. The voice of the Bombers will be calling the game on Sunday. We've got you covered on the podcast. Let us continue previewing the Labor Day Classic as we get the riders' side of things here with Murray McCormick of the Regina Leader Post. Murray, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us. Hey, Christian. Pleasure to be on with you. I said, turn the TV off so I don't watch the Red Blacks. I was going to score. I don't want to spoil anyone's party. They just had a big return. Wow. Smokes. Good for them. <laughs> They've had a lot of trouble moving the ball. The Riders have not. They've been uh, easily the best offensive team in a, in a season so far where teams have not been scoring a ton of points. 28.7 points per game for the Riders. Their first BC is second at 21 points yeah. per game. Let's just start with Cody Fajardo and your thoughts on his start to the season through three games. I think he's picked up where he left off last year. And I'm not talking about hitting the crossbar in the West Final. And I know last year was 2019, but we're all trying to get our head around that one. He's, he's playing the same way. He's it's probably the biggest thing I would say, the difference between Cody Fajardo and 19. And now it's just, he's such got a quick release. Now that he's just dropping back and sort of going for those intermediate passes and that kind of things. And he hasn't gone deep, but he's got such a quick release because they have a, an offensive line. That's a little suspect here right now that, uh, you know, the guys are, they're still coming together a little bit. So he's got to do that. But Cody Fajardo's picked up where he's left off and, you know, uh, my colleague Rob Vanson was writes a great call in the day on, hey, if there's going to be two guys in the running for the MOP where they're both playing on the game on Sunday in Zach Claris and uh, Cody Fajardo, and I think we're going to see the two of them play together. I'm kind of looking forward to that matchup. And looking at the offensive line that you mentioned, the Bombers' pass rush is obviously one of their strengths. Well, They've had uh, some trouble stopping the run this year, but the pass rush has been pretty dang solid. You anticipate that could be a make or break matchup on Sunday? I think it could be a huge one. They're, the Riders' two offensive tackles are both are relative. Are, one's a rookie and one is a relative rookie. So I really think they're going to have their hands full soft in Jeff Cole and Jefferson. And I, I really think that's going to be the big challenge. And the Riders don't have much of a run game. At least they haven't unveiled one yet. William Powell doesn't, they use him rarely. He's more of a blocking back. But on the other hand, Cody Fajardo's running really well. I think he got 46 yards. He got a couple touchdowns and scored on the rushing game. So Cody Fajardo's kind of they picked up that style of the running game. But I, I just like to make a little point. I, I people are talking about the Riders' pass rush, and if you look in the league stats, you see that who's leading the league in sacks. It's the Riders with 14, and of those 14 sacks, we did some quick math here. Uh, six of them are from defense. Are ones from Joe. Uh, Jonathan Woodard, who's a defensive end, and A.C. Leonard has three. And Garrett Marino, a defensive tackle, has three. So I think the Riders' pass rush deserves a little bit of respect, too, that they've been doing some pretty impressive things. I don't think people have really noticed that yet with this team. I think uh, Sunday's game may be an opportunity for people to realize how how, how strong this, the Riders' defensive line is, considering they lost Charleston Hughes from 2019. They thought that would just be the the be the the end of the line that would be able to replace him, but they found that uh, a couple of guys, this Jonathan Williams guy, comes out of nowhere and has five sacks in in three games. So that's pretty impressive. This game matters every year, regardless of how the oh, yeah. teams are doing. You look back a, a number of years ago when the Riders started zero and eight and they win the Labor Day Classic and makes everything taste a little bit better. 
But this yeah. year, with the fact that the two teams are at the top of the standings, it's a short season, it comes a little earlier in the season, Does to you, does this game feel bigger than it normally would be? Can I even? I think it feels like a playoff game because I really, I actually, a playoff series is probably a better description because they have the Labor Day game and then the Badger Bowl. The imagine whoever comes out of this one could be in control of first place heading down the road. So I, I does have a bigger feel. It's, I haven't been out into the city yet today. I'm going out tonight to see what's going on, and I think we'll get a good idea of how important this is. But it, it is, it does have a kind of a playoff feel to it, which is kind of weird. I also think it's, I don't know if you said. It doesn't feel like we should be in Labor Day yet. I don't know. I kind of miss the summer. You know, you're kind of used to having eight games to sort of measure teams. There's only three or four games each. It's it's kind of uh, made it a little bit harder to measure them. But, yeah, I, I think it does have a bigger feel to it. There is much important. I think it's the first, second time, I think, since 54. The, they've been first and second in the standings or something like that. It's quite a while. So there is a, a whole idea of this is a bigger, bigger game than, than just a regular old one game at a time and another two points is what the players are saying. But yeah, you're right. This is a, this is pretty significant. As I said, the riders sweep from my standpoint, you know, maybe five and oh, in a 14 game season, pretty hard. That's all that locks almost locks up a playoff spot. I would think. So yes, it is a, it is a bigger game than I, than most Labor Day classic, which are always special. This is a great day for football around here. Well, especially since we didn't have it last year, right? I know. I miss it, and it's funny. And, and what this game is bringing back to you, it's memories of, of me going to Labor Day Classics in the past. Like, I wasn't always on the ride. It'd be, and there'd be some days you have these, some Sundays we'd have the Labor Day game off, and I'd, I'd take my daughters and we'd go sit on Hemorrhoid Hill, and just the noise and the, the atmosphere and the girls, their eyes would just be bugged out of the big crowds because, you know, we don't have those kind of things. And, you know, we think back to games like 2007. I don't know, <laughs> kind of rambling here a bit, but. Remember when Kerry Joseph had that draw to win the game? What a, what an incredible game that was. And then even last year, two years ago, Brett Lowther had that walk-off uh, field goal and jumps in the pill country where the fans would even give up their beer because they knew there's no more beer left in the stands because they shut it off after the third quarter. And they wouldn't give up their beer to Brett Lowther. So it was kind of funny. that There's just so many moments from Labor Day that just sort of rush back to you thinking back this weekend. It's... It's really a cool weekend, I think, and, and it's kind of, I'm sort of looking forward to it, considering everything we've we've missed over the last 18 months. Well, and it, a lot has been made here in Winnipeg, I can tell you, about the fact that the Bombers don't ever win in Labor Day weekend exactly. in the last 16 years, right? They, they won a number in the early 2000s, but then from 05 to now, they've got one win, and that was in 2016 no. when they eked one out. And it's been so one-sided, but... Outside of the Labor Day games, it's been like the Bombers have won many games in Saskatchewan. Some okay. big ones, the first ever game at Mosaic, New Mosaic, this West Final last year. Yep. It's just something about Labor Day that just maybe the riders just rise to that occasion every year. But I think they get it. Like you guys kind of get it back at the banjo ball, though. It's, yeah, I True. remember going to Winnipeg and having great stories about, oh, the ground they had gained in the Labor Day game is, is evaporated under this, like, you know, there just seems to be the banjo ball. I, I should look. I should look that up. But I think the banjo ball gets things kind of even up. But I, I don't. I mean, I've been to many banjo balls in, in the rematch now. It just. I know. I hate. To say, it doesn't seem to have the same sort of buzz that a Labor Day game creates out here. And then maybe that's because I'm. I'm just the weight team and stuff. But the, the whole. If you ever been to a Labor Day game here, Christian, I guess you probably working no. and stuff. But 
No, I haven't been. Uh, I haven't been to a game out in Regina, so I'm. That's some. That's a drive I'll make someday. But uh, yeah, I haven't made it yet. I don't have a car, so I should probably get on that first. But it's yeah, fair bus. There don't even be buses anymore either. The thing is, what the Labor Day game has always done for me, and in the past, is it's kind of rejuvenated me on on the season. You go through training camp, and then you've got eight eight games, and it gets to be a bit of a grind. And then you get to go to the Labor Day game, and you realize you look around that this is important, and it means so much to so many people that it rejuvenates and gets me ready for the second half of the season. And it's just an environment. And you know, even the Bomber fans are having fun. And that's kind of, it's going to be interesting to see because there's not as much opportunity. I, think, I don't think there's a big party in the, in the, on the grounds as much as much tailgating due to COVID. So it'll be interesting to see how the Bomber fans are, what they do to make it special. But the Bomber fans just to make it special. And it's just a, well, I have a story today, and I'll steal a quote from one of the people I talked to. It's, it's like Christmas for Ryder fans, and it really is. It comes once a year. You look forward to it all the time, and when you look back on it, you go, yeah, who's ever, who's ever had a bad Christmas? So you look back at it, and it's kind of an enjoyable day. It's just uh, I'm really looking forward to it. And the weather is always great for some reason. I don't, I don't remember bad weather for any Labor Day Classic. So I think it's uh, all the stars align, and uh, with these two teams going at each other, especially with Zach Kolaris and uh, Corey Fajardo and these two defenses, it's going to be such a great game. And I don't usually get caught up in the hype or try to hype it too much, but this one almost sells itself, I think. Bombers are 5-2 and two in their last seven in the Banjo Bowl. Since they moved to IG Field, they're 5-2, and two, including okay. four of the last five. So overall, they're 9-7, and seven, dating back to 2004. So they recently, yeah, they've been making it up on the other end, but uh, – Hey, I'm looking forward to this one on Sunday for sure. And the, the, the back half, it's one of the best times of the year to be a CFL fan. Murray McCormick, appreciate your time as always, and enjoy the game on Sunday. Hey, thanks for thinking of me, and I'll be there next week. So hopefully it'll be a lot of fun. Head to Regina, and Bob Irving, the voice of the Bombers, has made the trip. He's made the drive to Regina, a drive he's made many times. But, Bob, how good does it feel to make that drive after not doing it last year? <laughs> well, it feels good, Christian. I've said many times over the years, uh, five and a half hours in a car is better than an hour on a plane any day of the week for me. The drive uh, is not too spectacular in terms of scenery. There's a lot of prairie and uh, people out harvesting or not harvesting. That's the case probably a lot here in Manitoba and Saskatchewan, but it was good. It was good to be back here for yet another Labor Day clash between the Bombers and the Riders. The game, Christian, as you know, dominated over the years by the Rough Riders, and we'll see if the Bombers can, uh, you know, sort of cut into that a bit Sunday afternoon. Are you watching this Red Blacks game? I am. I feel badly for Matt Nichols. I really do. I the Ottawa Red Blacks don't have a lot of talent on offense. They don't have a lot of good players, in my view. And that's on the general manager, Marcel Desjardins. And Nichols doesn't look... You know what? He's not throwing the ball uh, very well. And that shoulder thing must still be a problem for him. And they put Dom Davis in, and uh, you know that's got to be the height of embarrassment and anger for Matt to be pulled early in a game. I mean, one of his early passes was dropped. Another one I thought that was picked off could have been caught. Um, And then he gets the hook. So, I don't know. It's a bit of a mess in Ottawa right now. We'll see how it plays out. Yeah, back to the Bombers. Just wanted to get your quick thought on that. The the reality is this is a game between two teams at the top of the standings. You've called a lot of Blue Bomber games, a lot of Labor Day Classics over the years. How often has it been where – 
right now, literally the two best teams record-wise in the CFL are facing off. Yeah, not very often. I think two years ago the Bombers came in here with a, I believe a seven and two record, and the Riders had a real good record too. But that's been unusual, Christian. Uh, you know, when they've come here, they haven't been, you know, as e- evenly matched as they are for this game. Either one team had a superior, vastly superior record, or the other did. Uh, so that's a little bit different. And, you know, we're still early in the season. Typically, we'd be playing about midway through the season now on a Labor Day weekend. But uh, because of the 14-game schedule, uh, it's game four for the Riders and five for the Bombers. So it's still early in the season. But, uh, yeah, it's a big game between two of the top teams in the in the West Division, in the league entirely, really. The Riders unbeaten at 3-0, and the Bombers at 3-1. and uh, and it's going to be fascinating to see how this plays out. You know, sort of the routine the last few years has been for Saskatchewan to win this game and then the Bombers to go home and win the Banjo Bowl. And if either team can sweep, of course, it's a tremendous advantage, I would say, especially for Saskatchewan in this situation. If they won both games, they'd be 5-0. and The Bombers would be 3-3. Three and three. And in a 14-game season, that's... Uh, you know, that's a real tough deal for Winnipeg in terms of catching up. So it's incumbent upon the Bombers to at least get a split, and they'd like to think they can win on Sunday and then go home and, and take both games. Do you think no, Naaman Roosevelt's going to play? No, he's not. I don't think he is anyway. I'm not sure, but I'd be very surprised. You know, I so he practiced today, I guess. They had a close practice, and nobody was able to witness it from the media. But I don't believe they would suit him up after one practice when, you know, they've already got their game plan in and Nick Dembski's coming back, which is a factor in that, Christian, because if Dembski comes back, you know, he takes over from Kelvin McKnight and then the receiving core is pretty solid. They don't really need another guy in there right now. And I think somewhere down the road and probably not too far, Roosevelt is going to get into the game. But I'd be surprised if they played him on Sunday. I mean, they might, but I'd be surprised. Yeah, they're being understandably coy about it because you never want to give anything away. No. But the reality is, as you mentioned, he's, he just got here. And who do you take out? Rashid Bailey's been picking it up. Kenny Lawler's been a popular target. Drew yeah. Altarski makes plays. I mean, who comes out, right? I, it's tough to – if Dembski's back, there really isn't a, an obvious spot. I, it, no. They've said it's a you know a contingency plan, really, more than anything because they anticipate – Someone's probably going to get hurt at some point, and then you got Naaman Roosevelt to go in in that case. Well, the thing is, it's one practice, right? I mean, if you're an old lineman, you come in as an old lineman, you could maybe step in after one practice, or even a defensive lineman, uh, you know, rush the quarterback. And it, But for a receiver to come in and, and be thrown into the lineup after one practice, you know, you've got to know the plays. And, yeah, I know he knows the, the systems that – exist in the league and he's a smart guy a veteran he's been around and all that good stuff but still uh after one practice for a receiver to go out there and actually you know do something significant is i haven't seen it very often let me put it that way fair enough so we we look ahead to this game on sunday how do you think the bombers match up with the riders well i think they match up well uh saskatchewan you know, off to that 3-0 and start, and they have a defensive end, Jonathan Woodward, who has five sacks already, and then Micah Johnson, a tackle, although his status was somewhat up in the air earlier in the week, so I expect he'll play, though. Their defensive front is, is good. Their secondary uh, is pretty good, but, you know, the Bomber offensive line is 
still, we think, the best in the league. And I know they haven't rolled up the rushing yards this year, but it's still the O-line that won the Grey Cup and was acknowledged as by most people as the best in the league the last couple of years. Uh, I thought the offense last week, Christian, was on the verge of really – you know, getting together and having a big game. And I think those drop passes just killed them. Like, they had over 300 yards of offense. They had about 330 yards of offense. It was just pretty pedestrian, although, you know, there haven't been many offensive, big offensive numbers early in the season. Scoring is down, as you know. But without those drop passes, they got 400 yards of offense. And, and to me, Kolaris looked as good as he's looked all season. He looked really sharp in that game. So... I think their offense could have a big day. The challenge is the noise and, and, you know, having to operate with hand signals and that sort of thing. And that's, that's very difficult. And the the record here over the years would tell you how hard it is to win here. But I, I like their offense. I think, as I say, they're on the verge of, you know, really getting together and then defensively, what they gave up 16 points last week. They gave up a lot of yards in the air as they often do but they gave up 16 points. So I think, you know, for Cody Fajardo and that Saskatchewan offense, this is going to be a real test for them. They haven't played a defense as good as this one this year, and Fajardo's off to a real nice start, but uh, he's going to be really tested in this game. I was talking to Murray McCormick earlier in the show, and he mentioned that the the Rough Riders' offensive line was a bit of a question mark spot, and if there's a – Fajardo's going to have to get the ball out quick. We know he's good at that. And so really, as it seems to be in most games, uh, you could boil it down to many simple things football can be, but one of them is can you pressure the quarterback and make him uncomfortable? And if the Bombers can do that, well, then that probably bodes well for them on Sunday. Yeah, and the other thing they have to do with Fajardo is keep him in the pocket because, you know, he's rushed for 139 yards this year. He's very elusive. He's quick. He's a real good athlete. And I can still see him last year in those games against Winnipeg where it looked like they had him dead to rights and then he does a little spin move and he gets away and once he gets out of the pocket or outside of the pocket uh, you know he can really go so that's I think the challenge for the Bombers in addition to just getting pressure on him Christian is making sure he doesn't slip away uh, either outside or into some of those gaps that are created because he can run and make a first down and there's not a lot of quarterbacks in the league right now that I can think of that uh, have his ability to run, and he's not a—you know—he's not a scrambler in the greatest sense that we've seen in the league. But he is very athletic and and can hurt you with the run. So I think that's important too. They've they've got to get pressure and they've got to make sure they keep him contained. Riders do have the significant special teams edge, though, don't they? Yeah, they do. The Bomber special teams haven't been very good. The cover teams are pretty good, but their return game doesn't give them much, really. It hasn't so far. Charles Nelson has been, you know, he catches the ball and he moves upfield with it. He doesn't lose yards, and he hasn't to put the ball on the ground. But uh, they're not getting you know, a big uh, run back ever uh, up to the 45-50 center yeah, field. Yeah, they miss Grant, don't they? Oh, yeah, they miss Janair and Grant big time. And I don't know if they're you know, close to trying somebody else there uh, in this game or soon. I think Charles Nelson will still be the main guy. But uh, like I say, their cover teams are are always pretty good, but their return game hasn't been very good. So, yes, they certainly uh, give up an edge to the riders there. And then how about the kicking game? Still feeling 
for for Mark Leggio. He has this one great game. It's one game, yeah. but that's got to be pretty good for his confidence. But if he goes into Regina and it doesn't go well, then all of a sudden we're kind of back at square one. Well, that's right. Uh, you know, John Ryan and Lother, the place kicker, are two of the best in the league. Ryan's still a fantastic punter, and uh, Brett Lowther is a, a real good place kicker. He's a proven commodity. Uh, Mark Leggio's a, a rookie who's had one good game, right? Although he's putted well all year, uh, but he's yes. had one good game as a as a place kicker. So there's an edge there for Saskatchewan. I mean, there's an edge in experience and proven commodity. But uh, will that translate into some edge for them on Sunday? If Leggio goes out and kicks the way he did in the game last week, then the Bombers will be on even terms. Uh, Maybe not quite on the punting game because Ryan can really still pound it at 39 years of age. Mm -hmm. He can still root it out there like better than most of the guys in the league. So, yeah, that's uh, it's going to be interesting to see how Leggio bounces back. I say bounces back, uh, carries on from the right. big game he had last week, and I don't see any reason why no. he's not going to be a good field goal kicker, Christian. You know, he was in college, and you know, kicking field goals at college is pretty much the same as in pro. They put the ball on, down on the ground and you kick it. Uh, you know, he was pretty proficient in his college career, so I don't think of any reason why he can't be in his pro career. And uh, it's up to him now to to prove that he's the guy. If if this game is anything like 2019, whether it was the Labor Day Classic or whether it was the West Final, the game in October wasn't good. But the other ones, these teams are almost mirror images of each other, and it's probably going to come down to the last minute or two. Well, yeah, the Labor Day game last year was Saskatchewan with a drive from their five-yard line all the way downfield in the dying seconds, and then Lowther kicks the chip shot field goal, and they win it. And, of course, the West Final, as everybody knows, was that dramatic ending with the goal line stands by the Bombers and all the rest of it. So, yeah, you know, if we can get a game like either of those on Sunday, the fans will be the winners because it was a fantastic football game. And I know a lot of eyes are going to be on this game. This is kind of the marquee game of the weekend, no question, given the records of the two teams, Bombers, the defending Grey Cup champs. Riders were first in the West in 2019. Remember, they were 13-5, and five, right? So, yeah, this is uh, this is going to be a good one. I'm really looking forward to it, just to, to see where it all shakes down. And then six days later, they do it again in Winnipeg. And uh, Wade Miller tells me that tickets are really moving and if you want to go to the Banjo Bowl, you better get uh, you better get on the phone and, and order up some ducats because there's not going to be many left by uh, the middle of next week, if any. Great to hear, Bob. Appreciate it. your time as always. Have fun on the call on Sunday. I will, Christian. Thank you. Well, thank you very much for listening to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. If you like what you heard, guess what? You can hear more every weeknight on CJOB from 6.30 to 9 p.m., of course. That is when the Jets are not playing, because if the Jets are playing, then I don't have a show, but I'll be part of the pre- and post-game coverage. Anyway, thanks again for tuning in. Subscribe if you'd like. We're available on iTunes and other places, I'd imagine. So farewell, until we meet again. So long and thanks for all the fish. So sad that it should come to this. We try to warn you all.